1: the things I know when we love ourselves and our hearts are so filled with ourselves we don't have room for God and we don't have room for other people but when we love God with all of our heart, all of our heart then we have an immense capacity then to love others because the more I love God the more ability I have to love others. But the more I love myself, the less ability I have to love God or to love others. Is your heart filled
0: with love for God or is it filled with love for self? In today's message from Pastor David, he reminds us to check our hearts for God. When our hearts are filled with ourselves, we can't love God or others well. However, if we will love God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, and with all our strength, we will have room to love others. When we fill our hearts with God, He gives us a capacity to overflow that love to others. Let us empty our hearts of ourselves and fill them up with God. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message, The Last Days Church.
1: You and I sitting at our home here can experience a, a, a birthday party of a loved one that's in Chicago or, or, or in New York or in Tennessee by, again, opening it up, and whether it be FaceTime or a multitude of other apps that we have, we can see, we can talk, we can just vicariously be there ourselves while we still sit in the comfort of our own home. There's some great things about it. The problem is we see in the midst of that the unfortunate reality of the demise of personal commitment and personal responsibility. And we see a growth of instant gratification. All of these things are coming about within our culture even today. Now you might say, well, I'm not into that. That, that does not affect me. There are people all around you that it does affect. And beloved, I guarantee you this next generation, they are immersed in it. Do you realize that the children growing up today, they've never known life without the internet? Many of them have never known anything but a cell phone or particularly a smartphone where you can gain information and you can go to places, many places that you ought not be with just a few clicks. And sometimes those places invade you even when you don't want to go there. More and more, we see the world, and it's not just our culture. This is all around the world. You can go into underdeveloped countries, and you find it it used to be amazing. We'd go on a mission trip, and in an underdeveloped country that didn't even have paved roads, they'd have satellite dishes on many of these huts, literally huts, but they would have a satellite dish so that they could get the latest news and entertainment from around the world. Well, now it's not just the satellite dishes. Now it's everyone who can't even afford a meal for for the next week. They've got cell phones. I'm not against cell phones. I've got one myself. But the problem is, as more and more, we see the world that's coming and becoming lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And Paul warns Timothy that within the church, this love of self brings with it the reality of men and women who in their positions within the church, they too are becoming lovers of money. So many ministries right now, man, is so focused on the money, on the money, on the money. You want to find out the the truth and the heart of any ministry, you follow the money. You follow the money. Even as Paul goes on with that list, boasters. This is simply an outflow of that love and that focus on themselves, this continual focus on their accomplishments, on their abilities. They're the ones, they continually toot their own horns. They they make certain that everybody knows their gifts, their abilities, and yet they don't want to submit to the biblical fact that those gifts were given to them to be a blessing to others and not simply to place them above others. It was just a few weeks ago here in this auditorium, someone was visiting, and uh, first time that they were here, and I I went and introduced myself, and within five minutes, he gave me a whole array of all of his accomplishments within not just his church, but generally. And suddenly, he's lifted himself up, and he wanted to know where he could be responsible or or take a position here in, in our church. What needs to happen is, no, you need to come, and you just need to serve for a while. You need to be a part of this body for a while it's interesting those that that have all of that kind of an attitude they don't want to submit to any other leadership oh no i'm far i'm far above submitting to anyone you see i've done this i've done that and i've, I've got all of this experience i shouldn't need to submit to anyone but again that comes to that pride coming in that that boasting coming in boasting becomes because their hearts are filled with pride and paul says that they're these proud they're blasphemers that blasphemers, that the, the arrogance of their pride causes them to steal glory from the glory of God. They, they place it upon themselves. However, really that, that word in my King James and the New King James that is translated as blasphemy is probably better understood as abusive because it has a much wider range, as, as one writer puts it, that they are given to contemptuous and bitter words why wouldn't I be contemptuous to you because I'm better than you? Why wouldn't I give you bitter words because you don't rise up to my standards? You see, when a heart is filled with pride, it's so easy to put others down. When you're filled with yourself, you have absolutely no patience for others that are around you. And you become abusive in all of your relationships. Warren Weirsby reminds us, God commands us to love him supremely and our neighbors as ourselves. But if we love ourselves supremely, then we don't have enough love for God or our neighbors. He says in this universe, there is God, there are people, and there are things. We should worship God, love people, and use things. But if we start worshiping ourselves, we will ignore God and we'll start loving things and using people. He says this is the formula for a miserable life, and yet it characterizes many people today. The worldwide craving for things is just one evidence that people's hearts have turned away from God. And Paul tells us here that's exactly where the church is going in the last days. One of the things I know when we love ourselves and our hearts are so filled with ourselves, we don't have room for God and we don't have room for other people. But when we love God with all of our heart, all of our heart, then we have an immense capacity then to love others. Because the more I love God, the more ability I have to love others. But the more I love myself, the less ability I have to love God or to love others. Other characteristics, those in the church in the last days as we move on here. He says that generally and overall, they'll be disobedient to parents. My daughter's here today, so I'm not going to say any uh, good stories uh, to share with you, but... uh, I'm saying in the last days, disobedience to parents will rise. And I believe that we're going to see that rising further and further. We see it within the world, and I believe we're seeing it also within the church. I'm going to give you some free information here. This doesn't cost any more. There's no extra charge for this. I'm just going to throw it out here. For those of you that have children, I know some of you are beyond that, but some of you still, you have children, you have grandchildren, particularly for parents. Parents, understand your job is not to be your child's best friend. They'll get best friends through life. Your job is to be a parent and to instruct them in righteousness and to instruct them in how to live their lives properly within a world and within a culture that's not moving the way that they need to be moving. The battle is there. They don't need you as their best friend. They need you as the strength, and as the standard of what is right. Are you going to make a mistake? Absolutely. My wife and I, we made one or two of them along the way. We'll make mistakes. But even in making mistakes, children know how to become gracious in asking forgiveness for their own mistakes. Disobedient to parents. Once they become disobedient to parents... There's no other authority that they really care about. And if they don't learn respect for authority at a young age, then, beloved, they won't learn it until they get to a point in a position of perhaps being incarcerated because they did not respect authority. The, the apostasy of the day leads children no longer to follow the faith of their parents, of their fathers, or, the, or their teaching of their mothers. They're no longer thankful for all that's been sacrificed for them through the years. And as they continue to spiral away from the the purity of, of faith in Christ, the evidence clearly in their lives demonstrates that they begin living their lives unthankful, unholy, unloving, and unforgiving. The focus of all of this is on their own pleasure. The focus becomes what's in it for me. And beloved, that culture has moved into the church in a tidal wave. A tidal wave. What's in it for me? Why do you go to that church? Oh, because they give me this, because they do this for me. Why would I go to this church or that church? Why? Because they have this and they have that. And so suddenly it becomes a a, a pleasure seeking of what church we choose and what direction we go rather than looking and saying, because that church preaches the truth. Because I see real people within that church struggling the same way I'm struggling, but they're honest, they're loving, they're caring, and they're desiring God in their lives. And I want to be part of that. There's not hype, there's not pretense, there's reality. Beloved, when you build a congregation because you give people stuff and you give people stuff in order to get them into that congregation, you are building a narcissistic congregation and you are bringing that into the church more and more and more rather than building on the fact that, no, we are surrendered to Christ and we come in as servants of Christ to serve the body of Christ for the glorification of of Christ. And that's where our hearts need to be. Truth is no longer the focus. It's not even an importance in their lives. And so that's why they they easily become, as Paul says here, they become slanderers. That's why their lives get to the point where they're they're without self-control because self has become such an important part. And I would actually change that. They are filled with self-control because self is controlling them where we see the word brutal. Man, I look at that and I think, wow, within the church, brutal. That, that's, that's a word that shouldn't be anywhere within the confines of the church. You understand that the, the pure definition of that word that we see here in the English is, is brutal. It means uncivilized. It means untamed. It, it's the word picture of, of, a, of a brute beast coming in without any kind of constraints, without any kind of a care beyond himself. I just want what I want, and don't you dare get into my way. Coming in with that fact and that idea that that I'm going to pursue everything that's good for me, and if it harms you, oh well, collateral damage will get by. That ought not be in the church when the church ought to be those that are serving one another, even as Christ served. Even as Christ, on the night that he was betrayed, man, you ought to be washing each other's feet in the same way that I washed your feet. Man, that's everything but brutal at that point in time. We fall into that category of being, again, as Paul says, despisers of good. Why would they despise good? Because when they see good, that actually becomes a glaring light upon their own lives. They despise good because it brings their sin into focus. When you have the right way to do things next to the wrong way to do things, suddenly that becomes much clearer that that's not the right way. I worked in construction a lot in my life, and one of the things they always wanted in construction as soon as we could do it was enough light on the project so that they could see how well the project is going. And you can work with temporary light through the whole thing, and you could go in and you could try and finish a room or finish a wall and the texturing and the painting and all the fine trim, and then all of a sudden you turn on the real lights and suddenly the light magnifies every mistake in the, in the texturing, every mistake in the painting, every misalignment within the trim. Why? Because the light shines on that. You see, that's why they despise good, because if good comes, then they're going to see, again, the faults in my own life. He says here that they are traitors. I believe they're traitors to what they know to be right, and they don't repent because they're headstrong, they're haughty, they're, they're, they're puffed up, they're conceited because they're lovers of themselves. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And what a strange place for the church to be in. To have a form of godliness but deny its power. Paul knew that these were already present to to one extent within the church already, but he also knew that that was going to increase. And he tells Timothy, he warns Timothy, he says, from such people turn away. He knew that that type of an individual will bring down the spirit and it'll destroy the life of the church. From such people turn away with the attitude of deceitfulness, those that have these kinds of characteristics that Paul speaks about here they become assimilated into the life of the church And in the midst of that, their their arrogance and their pride, they work themselves up into places of influence and into places of leadership. And yet, as they move up within those places, they have absolutely no regard for the welfare or the needs of the people. They're only concerned about what other people can do for them. Paul says in verse 6, says, "...for of this sort..." Are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How easy it is for individuals to be sucked into the deceitfulness of others when they themselves are more focused on their own needs than their desire for truth. The truth of God's word calls for us to make certain choices. And our flesh cries out for something different. In our arrogance, in our love for self, we become so susceptible to the lies of those that, again, simply, they're just looking for a following. They're, they're just looking to, to gain a, a crowd, and they're willing to twist. They're willing to deny the truth just to make us all feel good. Word comes out, I don't worry about your sin. You, you can live any way you desire. I mean, who are we to judge what's right for you? Just go and live your life anyway, and that's fine. God's okay with that. They deny the truth. They twist the truth. And susceptible people that are more concerned about their own desires fall right into it. He says in verses 8 and 9, Now as Jannes and Jamborees resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Well, you could look all through the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi to find Jannies and Jambres, and you won't find their name. Their names actually come from Jewish tradition. These were the names of the two magicians in Pharaoh's court that withstood Moses at that point in time. So he says, you know, again, these guys use deceit. They use trickery to try and get their way. Well, let's move on real quick. Verse 10. After all of this warning to Timothy, Paul now writes to him in verse 10, but Timothy, you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life. You've followed my purpose and faith and the long-suffering and love and the perseverance and the persecutions and the afflictions. Let me stop right there. Paul's not boasting himself up. Please understand that. Paul's not saying, hey, look how great I am. This is, this, this is it. No, Paul is just declaring the truth. Timothy, you've seen my life. My life has been laid out to you so clearly and so plainly. All of these things that I've gone through, all of those things as he continues on, which happened to me in Antioch, in Iconium, and in, in Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Timothy understood that, Paul had been stoned multiple times. That's stoned with the big rocks, okay? Just keep you uh, from confusion. Uh, he, he, they, they attempted to kill him by throwing rocks at him, okay? As a matter of fact, there in Lystra, they had thrown so many rocks at him, stoned him so bad, they figured he was dead. They drug him out of the city. And yet the Lord brought him back to life. Paul says, Timothy, you've, you've seen this in my life. Out of all of them, the Lord delivered me then he gives this last verse. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Did you catch that? All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, I have never ever in all my days in the church, I have never ever heard that verse used for an altar call. You want to live for Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. Do you want him to come down? (laughs) Never heard that verse for an altar call. But beloved, that's the truth. It is going to become more and more truth within our culture. All around the world right now, I tell you what, people are living that verse out to the extent that they are either being beaten because of their declaration for Christ or they've been placed into jail because they continue to stand for Christ. Pastors of churches that are being arrested in an attempt to, to shut off the message and the messenger and yet the church continues to rise up in the midst of that persecution. Oh, but that would never happen to us, right? This is America. It can't do that to us. You know how they're going to do it is It's with, within the church as men become lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Because you see, if my heart is for myself, if my heart is filled with my own desires and now my life and my peace and my happiness is being threatened, well, forget it. I don't want that anymore. And the church backs away. Rather than realizing, no, to this we're called To this, our Jesus walked through. For this, Paul and the apostles and the followers of Christ for generation after generation in culture after culture have lived their lives to stand for the truth and to stand on the authority of God's word and to say this, I declare that I can do no less and taking whatever persecution that comes their way for being true to the gospel of Christ. May we be men and women. May our children grow up in that understanding of being true to the word of God, to the gospel of Christ, yes, to our own hurt. Because I believe the Lord will deliver out of all of it. Does that mean he'll save our lives? Does that mean he'll open up the prison doors for us? Well, he's done that a couple of times. We've seen that many times. But I believe that history also declares to us a multitude of those that the world was not worthy of. And their lives, again, were taken from them, but only this temporary life. And they live eternally in the glory of Christ and for honor of the Father.
0: That's all we have time for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 2 Timothy on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit theopenword.com and click on teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We are thankful that you've listened to today's message, but we want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you live in or are visiting the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has an invitation just for you. Hey, thanks, Chris.
1: You know, I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Word of God. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning, as well as Wednesday evening and Saturday evening at 6.30. You can find our address and directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you.
0: Thanks, Pastor David. That's all we have time for today. But be sure to tune in next time for more from the book of 2 Timothy, right here on The Open Word. It's home.